Welcome to Damn Good Brands. And now, here's your host, Nick Taylor. So today we have a really special guest for you. Claire Graves is here from the Webby Awards. And uh, Claire is managing director for the Webbies and has been with the company for about seven years now. So as I'm sure if you work in marketing, you're well aware, the Webby Awards is a company that gives out awards commending excellence on the internet. So that's everything from websites to mobile applications to music, videos, even online series get Webby Awards. It's all things internet and uh, the Webbies are hailed as the internet's highest honor and are often referred to as the Oscars of the internet. So as I'm sure you can imagine, Claire is entirely up on all things internet from internet culture to memes to podcasts to net neutrality. Claire knows everything related to the internet and therefore was a bunch of fun to talk to. And uh, I hope you enjoy Claire Graves. So we have Claire Graves here from the Webbies. Welcome, Claire. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So I'm sure a lot of our listeners know what the Webbies are, but I feel like you guys have a very particular definition of what the Webbies is and how you guys operate. So how would you describe the Webbies to the uninitiated? Uh, well, the Webby Awards is the biggest and the most prestigious award for the internet. Um, and we honor outstanding achievement across the breadth of the internet. So uh, this year coming up in May is, our twen- is the 22nd annual Webby Awards. We've been going for 22 years. That's a mind blower for a lot of people because I'm sure I, it's such a cliche to think, say, it's a, such a cliche thing to say, but a lot of people don't realize the internet has been around that long. Yeah, well, the internet has been around for a lot longer. Mm-hmm. Um, but the web, it, we're, we're, I think we're probably about like seven or eight years behind the web. So we started when the web was in its infancy. Oh, cool. Very cool. Yeah. And from what I understand, every year there's a lot of new categories. And... Yeah, yeah. So we grow, we grow as the internet grows. Mm-hmm. So 22 years ago we started, it was just websites. And then about 14 years ago we added film and video. Um, advertising, mobile was a big one that we added just the year before the iPhone came out. Um, then social. Last year we added podcasts. Right, right. So as the internet grows, we grow. This year our new categories are a suite of games categories. Oh, very cool. And you're a big podcast aficionado. Oh, yeah, I love podcasts. So the pressure is really on me to not screw this one up. <laughs> but um, the, the winner of uh, last year's best podcast – for the, the Webby's winner, that Richard Simmons podcast, that was a mind blower. Yeah, that was a good podcast. That was an entire podcast for anyone who hasn't heard of it. It's an entire podcast. It's pretty much documentary style podcast of two guys trying to track down Richard Simmons. And it's so obscure, but I listened to some of it. And it's so comprehensively, carefully done with just such thoroughness and love. And it was it was insane. And you heard the whole thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I listened to the whole thing. I obsessed over it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And they, Dan Tversky, the producer, the um, the host of the show, his five words speech was actually sort of a downer, but really funny for the for the room. So just so that everybody knows the Webby Awards, all winners are only allowed to say five words right. on stage. And his was Richard couldn't be here tonight. Oh, so we're all man. really sad. We did try, though. We really tried to get him over. Yeah, I can only imagine. I mean, I don't want to spoiler alert the podcast as to whether or not they track him down or not. But, uh, yeah, a lot of people are just wondering what happened to him. But, yeah, that, I think that um, the five – what was the origin of the five-word acceptance speech? Because that feels like such internet fashion of keeping things short. But you also it also forces people to either be super humorous or 
really intelligently concise. Yeah, poignant. Yeah. Um, you know, it's something that they started from the very first Webbies, the guys that founded the Webbies. They wanted to have an award show that was totally different to every other award show. Mm-hmm. So they decided just to cut down really long, boring acceptance speeches. That's super cool. I feel like if the con lions are like the Oscars, you guys are like the cool award ceremony. You guys are like the MTV Movie Awards. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun because it the, means that the show's just like super snappy. Right, the whole thing's just an hour, right? Uh, it's 90, yeah, it's a 90-minute show. Okay, it's 90 minutes, but still like relatively short compared to like three-plus-hour Oscars and like that. Yeah. Yeah. So is that just in sheer internet fashion of short form and just keeping it quick and to the point and watchable? Yeah, and like sort of like fun and like irreverent like the internet and slightly weird like the internet as well. Um, so you recently, so AI is all you've been thinking about for the past four months. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Well, so every year during our call for entries period, we travel around the world and we go and meet the people who make the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we go in and we meet with advertising agencies and media companies and startup and startups and technology companies. Um, and we have this presentation, um, which we call Webby Talks, and it is our insight on what we think is the most important thing happening on the internet at the moment. Mm-hmm. And this year, we think the most important in, in kind of conversation for everyone to be having is around AI. Right, right. And I saw your presentation on AI. Really, really intriguing stuff. So you must have dove pretty deep into this world. Yeah, we spend about three months kind of, I guess, researching what's going on out there, kind mm-hmm. of how, well, the landscape of how different industries are changing through AI, and then um, most importantly, kind of how humans are responding to AI as right. well. Right, right. So from all of the research that you did, was there anything that was notably just mind-blowing or surprising? I mean, the thing that we found really interesting is that um, while people are really kind of cautious about AI and they're cautious, obviously, about their civil liberties, they have really high expectations for the future of AI. Mm. So people, you know, something like 80% of people are expecting self-driving deliveries within the next 10 years. Right. Which is kind of mind-blowing if you think about it. Like 80% of people are expecting that. They're expecting it like it's just it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Was there anything that was no... So, I mean, first of all, obviously, Elon Musk prophesizes that it's going to be the undoing of humanity. I feel like there's a number of kind of conspiratorial fears around AI. First one being that we're all going to lose our sense of privacy. You know, Mm -hmm. 1984, Big Brother style. The other is kind of doomsday, Terminator, the machines are going to take over. Mm. Was there anything in all of your research that was, like, notably frightening about the advancement of AI? Yeah, I mean, I think that there is a lot of legitimate fears around AI um, and what we can do with that technology. And Mm -hmm. if it is used in, you know, the wrong ways, then what can happen? So there's some interesting stuff going on in China, what they're, what they're, how they're using kind of facial recognition. Oh, yeah, I saw that. The crosswalks yeah, the with crosswalks, jaywalkers? Yeah, the crosswalk. It's crazy. So they are... Um, they're, for, they're using it in Jinan, which I guess they're kind of really advanced in technology in Jinan. But they're um, snapping a photo of jaywalkers that are crossing at the wrong time. And then they put that photo through the police database and they find that person. Uh, and then they have this huge big billboard and they put that person's photo, their full name, their address and their Whoa. citizen ID up onto the billboard. Whoa. Yeah, that's pretty. F- that's the implications crazy. of that, but it's it's pretty much like a shame it's tactic, a shame right? Board, they just yeah. want to shame them, but they put their address up there. Yeah, it's crazy. 
Oh wow, that's really. I mean, that would never. That wouldn't last two seconds in New York. I mean, all people, people do is yeah, jaywalk. That's but, true. People might be quite proud of it. In so New it cross references their face through mm-hmm. facial recognition technology that yeah. goes through a database that the police have. And I'm assuming it's not just people who've gone in and been fingerprinted and no, you know done time. It's just faces. they have everybody's. Yeah. Fa- Whoa, that's yeah. Crazy, the implications it? of that are pretty, pretty frightening. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like a lot of people feel like something, things along those lines are kind of rolling their way in a subtle way into the United States. But I don't know. I feel like I have faith that Google and larger companies are actually going to keep us safe. Yeah. I, I'm one of the few. I'm, fingers <laughs> crossed. But we'll I really I really do think that we'll, we'll be safe. Any other – because I feel like a lot of people are aware of AI, but it seems like such kind of conceptually pie in the sky mm-hmm. – far off future wear but in reality it's it powers so much around us right yeah. now already yeah. was for the for the kind of uninitiated what are some of the most approachable ai either elements or or projects that are just kind of either here or in the immediate future that you think are going to be affecting people's lives most most prominently well i mean we're all using it every single day and actually most people know that they're using it every single day so we're Mm -hmm. obviously using it in our facebook feeds and in our instagram feeds um and even you know the, the google maps is ai so it's just that we're kind of using it to make our lives a little bit easier at the moment right um but it, I think, mean, I mean, the most interesting area that I think that we'll really see huge advancements and it will be really great for for humanity is is within the medical space. Hmm. So they're doing a lot of stuff with image recognition stuff in hospitals, right. and even you know in the talk we talk about this AI therapist that patients chat with and that, that uses kind of language recognition to really help help patients kind of understand how they're feeling as well. Yeah, it can detect in your voice whether or not you're being, for instance, sarcastic. It can detect like little kind of social cues as, uh, based on your intonation and delivery yeah, and so can diagnose if you're it? depressed based on how you're, not what you're saying, but yeah. how you're saying it. Yeah, that was kind of nice. That's super interesting. Were people it? actually getting therapeutic value out of this? Yeah, I think that they really are. Hmm. I think they really are. We also have um, a friend of the Webby's, one of our judges, has a company called Crisis Text Line, which uses AI in the most unbelievable way. It's Crisis Text yeah, it's Line? Crisis Text Line. Okay. And it's super inspirational. Um, her name's Nancy Lublin. And she actually used to run Do Something, which is just across the road from oh, okay. us. Do something.org? Yeah, do something.org. Oh, very it's cool. for, um, like, teenagers to go out into the world and do something. Right. So when she was there, she started to, um, I guess she had this insight, she started to notice that kids, when they're in trouble, they don't... Um, they don't necessarily call people to help them out nowadays, you know, the, the crisis helpline. They don't use crisis helpline because they're not used to calling. Oh, because they're not used to phone yeah, calls? Yeah, they're not used to phone calls. Whoa. So they text message instead. Oh, wow. So she set up this, uh, she set up this company called Crisis Text Line, which is, um, you know, people, people on computers texting with kids to help them when they're in crisis. Oh, wow. And through, the, through AI systems, they've been able to really analyse when kids are, like the times that kids are going to be messaging um, and can really help them through, you know, uh, knowing if 
knowing no, they can detect certain words that go together. So if somebody's in trouble, if somebody you know is um, having an overdose or being you know, worried about kind of drug addiction, and they because of the location of the text messages, they can send them to places uh, like within their area. So to they get know exactly help. where they are. Exactly. Wow. It's, yeah, it's pretty amazing that like this generation is so averse to phones. Because I'm like kind of – I'm a millennial. I'm like right on the cusp though. I do try to avoid things like voicemail and phone calls I always kind of grumble at. But I feel like the the generation right below me is just completely they phone – like the it, notion yeah. of a phone call is so foreign to yeah. people. Yeah, it's kind of a mind blower. Yeah. Although in a lot of cases like you just – you in certain cases you do need to actually converse with people. It's just uh, – but – it's true. Anyway. Although I have to say, like, for me, when I do call, if I'm, like, calling a service or calling, a, um, like, the gas company or whatever, it's really hard because they only know American accents. Hmm. So I have to, like, fake my American accent really? to do anything. Yeah, you know, with the bots. Uh, oh, the bots don't yeah, understand you? Yeah, they can't you? understand me. It's such a nightmare. Really? Yeah. You'd think that they would have, like, an international kind of English recognition system. That's no, not the case. You have to put on an American accent. How, how goes your American it's accent? It's terrible. <laughs> so, so frustrating. Is it, like, Southern? Yeah, it's so bad. It's so bad. I'm not even going to do it for you. I bet they recognize Southern accents, though. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure every must. American is just, Yeah, they can do, like, Southern, Midwest, New Jersey, My New Aussie York. My accent's never going to work. <laughs> that's hilarious i had no idea um how do you feel ai is going to change the landscape for brands and what do you what brands do you think are actually like capitalizing this on a proper way not just treating it like a shiny new object but yeah i mean i think at the moment brands are starting to kind of i guess get their feet wet in this space mm -hmm. and just starting to kind of really play around with it in terms of marketing. Right. Um, you know, there's a lot of brands that have started to use um, bots, which I think is like the really the easy, easy way to get your feet wet. Mm -hmm. uh, National Geographic's just done an interesting campaign where they, to promote their new show, Genius. Hmm. Um, the first genius was Albert Einstein. And so they set up a, um, a bot that is Albert Einstein. You can speak with Albert Einstein. Um, oh, yeah, I saw did that. Did you see that? That yeah. was part of the presentation as well. Um, and it's cool. They got like 250,000 conversations with Albert, and you kind of got to know him a little bit more than the genius that we all sort of recognize. Right. One of the interesting areas for people to be focused on, and I think a lot of brands are focused on, is um, voice assistants. And, vo hmm. and voice search. So how, you know, like GE Alexa is thinking. Exactly. Right. G um, Alexa and Google Home. Mm -hmm. So how to um, work with search within those places and right. so how to service within uh, voice assistance Yeah, as well. I think once they start adding screens, and I know the latest Alexa models have screens. You can just start yeah, Googling things by voice activating them and yeah. things like that. And, yeah, I was just thinking the other day, I was – because I have a couple of Alexas. And I, there was that one Christmas where everybody was getting an Alexa for everyone. And, and – I had a bunch of cousins, all of which gave me an Alexa, and I think my parents got me one. So I had something like some crazy, oh like gosh, five, like the Alexa. little ones. I mean, it's I mean, a good problem to have, I guess. But actually, not really, because they start talking to each other. And and if you're if there's two that are within earshot of each other, and you ask it to do something, they both say, "Oh, screw it, the other That's one will take care of it." It's like a bunch of lazy roommates, pretty much. <laughs> but um, yeah, I was just thinking the other day. Because everyone, like, in my bathroom, you know, because we all like music during showers. Yeah, yeah. I don't care who Podcast. you are. Yeah, exactly. That, too. 
to wind down. Um, eventually, it's going to be like Iron Man's house where you walk in and you can you speak to it and you have a big screen that's going to just kind of project through your mirror and you're going to get your news that way mm-hmm. throughout the course of the day. I mean, I'm hoping it's more like Iron Man, less like Black Mirror. But I feel like we're I feel like that's where we're heading with with voice search. Yeah. It's going to be really really cool. Yeah, it's just cool. in like access to content. Yeah, I love thinking about the webby categories <clears throat> for voice as well. Like navigation by voice is so interesting. Yeah, I'm noticing. I've been in a couple of Ubers where they had, um, I think it was Waze was doing celebrity voices. They had oh, C-3PO so and they had Morgan Freeman doing that's one. Cute. Yeah, when I was I was driving somewhere with my parents and just to be funny, and they use Waze to be funny, I set on Medea, Tyler Perry's Medea as the navigation system. She's like, turn right now. And she would just be like yelling. And my dad finally just couldn't take it. Like, Could you? All right, enough. The joke's over. Is really starting to drive me crazy, it's but funny. anyway, I digress. So, is that that's going to be a category? I mean, uh, not not yet. But you can for, foresee yeah, this as being about, a category. Yeah, thinking about voice navigation. Yeah. Right, right. Now it's going to be really, really cool. Yeah. So you, I mean, I feel like one of the most fascinating things about the Webbies, and I imagine working at the Webbies, is you're seeing so much convergence between culture, between marketing. Between, I mean, it kind of forces you to be on the cutting edge of everything in terms of culture, because I feel like the like internet culture is a reflection of the thoughts and overall pulse of humanity, while also kind of intersecting with arts and science and like that. It's just kind of where yeah. everything meets, and then virality is indicative of what's popular, which yeah. is indicative of how people are thinking and feeling, and it's just it's just such a real-time pulse of humanity. So that's got to just be absolutely fascinating. Yeah. But I'm sure overwhelming at the same time. Yeah, I mean, it's super cool. I mean, the internet is everything now, isn't it? Yeah. Like it's our main form of media, our main form of education and information and, and news, um, which is kind of interesting because even when I started here, I've been here for seven years, but when I started here, it was sort of not like that. There the was, internet? Yeah, the internet. Like, even if you think about, like, the New York industry. Like, we used to go out and we would know every, we would know the internet people. Like, mm-hmm. there was a gang of right, internet people. Google people, people and, the yeah, Facebook exactly. people. We hung out with the internet people. Like, people focused on startups. Like, right. so many different startups. And now, it's sort of like there's these different gangs of people. Like, there's the media people. Mm-hmm. And then there's, like, the virtual reality people. Right. And then there's the podcast people. But it's not like the internet people hang out together right. anymore. Not just the yeah. dot com people hanging out at yeah, South by. It's totally. like, yeah, because everybody's kind of an internet company Everything's now. Everything's changed. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of funny. I mean, from a from a brand perspective, which it's a lens that we're very obviously frequently thinking through. It seems like certain notions of advertising are going by the wayside in a way, and a lot of brands instead are instead of just kind of treating marketing. Like marketing, it's a matter of just creating content. Yeah. And it feels like everything's just kind of converging into content. Social, digital, advertising, it's all just kind of becoming content. Yeah. David Droga was famous for saying, well, actually, I think a number of big advertisers are famous for saying that it's we cannot produce polluting content anymore. It's not what advertising is anymore. Are you seeing a lot of that with the Webbies, that it's just brands in order to succeed are just have to actually just, just make culturally relevant content 
Yeah, content. I think it's content and I think it's experiences as well. Mm. Um, but, you know, we were just talking today. We have our deadline coming up next week and we're sort of looking at the way that the entries come in. And our the way that our entries come in is, like, really super indicative of how the internet changes. Mm. So websites has always been our biggest media type. But, we've, you know, always, like, you know, twice as many entries as everything else. For websites. For websites. And this year it's just unbelievable film and video is basically on like on par with websites which is crazy because that's like exactly what's going on in the industry Mm -hmm. you know people are creating film people are doing video that's what that's what the brands are focused on and when you say film that does include like netflix films because technically that's that is the internet yeah exactly so it's anything from like netflix series hulu series um social video videos that are just created for social media virtual reality Mm -hmm. um channels people making channels Nice. What are some of your VR is a new category for this year? Yeah, and we've been honoring VR for like two years. We oh, okay. Set, we set up our VR categories with Chris Milk. You know. Chris oh yeah, Milk. yeah, yeah. He's one of our. He's an Academy member. He's um, been close, close friends of the Webbies for years. Oh, and years. really cool. They have an office here, don't they? Mil- yeah, or no, yeah. Actually, here be Dragons road, is here. Yeah. Right. Here be Dragons is. Um, yeah, on yeah they street. make amazing stuff. And, and when he and Megan Ellison teamed up, it was like, all right, this is this is going to be amazing. Yeah, they're the best. And yeah. they're doing a lot of augmented reality, I think, at the moment. Oh, yeah, so. they're doing a lot of AR, too? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so um, it's the, last year was the second year. This is the third year, and we kind of broke broke the categories out and, and separated them and split out 360 video from virtual reality. So we're honoring oh, okay. those separately now. Oh, nice. So that's and, its own category. Yeah, and the ca- and, the, and and you know the submissions are through the roof as well. For three sixty video. For three sixty video and for virtual reality. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, it's pretty fascinating. You have to like completely reconceptualize your idea of film and experiences when you're dealing with VR or three sixty video or AR. Because you have to capitalize on the whole three sixty element, which is tough. Yes. It's tough to like think about how to do that in a compelling way. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm working on a VR project, so I'm are? like always, yeah, always thinking in this lens. Can I ask what you're what you're doing? Sure, it's a uh, it's a virtual reality zombie movie. Oh, cool! So yeah, it pretty much mixes first person shooter video game technology with live action filmmaking. Like, have you seen Sin City? Yeah. So the way that they filmed that is they filmed all the actors against a green screen yeah. and then integrated them into this virtual world. So we have like a virtual post apocalyptic wasteland, and we're filming actors and putting them into that. And you can interact with the characters. It's not AI-based. Like, you can't speak to them. You you assume the role of a character, and you speak. You can't control what you say, but you play a character pretty much. And you interact with the characters. They interact with you. And then you go back into fighting zombies. You're like a zombie hunter. That sounds scary. And it goes, yeah, it goes back. There's like a larger narrative. But you... Uh, you kill zombies and then you interact with characters and there's this whole story that unfolds. That sounds cool. Thanks. Yeah. So is that like a personal project or? Is yeah, it's it a personal project. Awesome. Yeah, I've been at it for a while. It originally wasn't VR. Originally it was. Uh, it was originally gonna like this is gonna date it so badly, but originally it was gonna be an iPad game. Oh, really? Yeah. And then the constraints of working with mobile were too great. We were able to do so much more with PC, so then we made it a PC game. And then we were about to launch on Kickstarter, and then VR was right around the corner. And we built it in Unity, and Unity lets you not easily export to VR, but take a repurpose whatever you built in 2D and make yeah. it 3D with a little effort. So we made, just for fun, we made like a VR version because it didn't take a lot to do that. It probably took like a day. 
And then we looked at it. We're like, oh, man, there's no going back. This looks so much cooler Very than cool. what we were planning on before. So, I mean, it set, it back, set us back a number of years, but it, it's going to look so much cooler. Awesome. But, uh, Can't yeah. wait to see it. Thanks. Yeah, I'll definitely uh, definitely send it your way. It sounds like a worthy submission. Yeah. Yeah, I ought to get on that. <laughs> uh, what are some of the other new categories for this year? So games is our big one. Okay, that's a new category. It's a new category. We've actually been honoring games for years and years, like probably, you know, that actually the year that the Webbies began, so like 22 years. Um, but this year was the was the year for us to kind of break it out and honor it as a kind of group of categories right. by itself. Because I remember Monument Valley took a huge yeah. award a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, we had Monument Valley um, on stage at the show. And we've had, you know, Pokemon Go was on stage at the show last mm-hmm. year. Right. Um, Angry Birds, when Angry Birds was the big thing, right. was honored. Um, but this year we have like a set of dedicated categories for games and it's been so cool like learning about games and meeting with the industry and like getting our games judges in place has been great that's really really cool so you guys get to play a bunch of games yeah yeah yeah. the the judges will get into it yeah really cool so i feel like a lot i mean obviously people know the webbies for the award show but there's a whole other side to to the webbies as a company as well Right. I mean, yeah. So we're at Webby Media Group, mm-hmm. um, and we. I mean, the Webbies is kind of like the main the main thing that we do. Everybody, yeah, um, you know, at the office is working on the Webby Awards. Um, we do a whole load of kind of like sponsored content, like sp- mm-hmm. working with sponsors, so branded content for you know really kind of big brands like Google and YouTube. And you guys produce the content. And we produce the content, yeah. And then we, um, you know, the whole point is that we're working with our audience. So right. our audience sees that content as well. And you're working with like a hyper focus on what's relevant, obviously. If you're going through all these submissions, I mean, you guys know what floats to the top and what doesn't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's, you know, and it's like focused on internet stuff. So a lot of it is like working with our academy um, and then, you know, our winners as well. Mm-hmm. And then we also have an email that we send out once a week it's called netted by the webbies mm-hmm. and it is an app a site an internet enabled thing once a week that we think is really super cool um and the point is that it's for better living through the internet oh, so nice. it's stuff that will make life better cool and people can sign up for that just on the main website yeah, at webbies.com yeah exactly it cool. goes to about you know like eight hundred thousand people and then um we also have the podcast as well. We have we just started a podcast. We've just finished our, taping our second season. Cool. Uh, and then we also have a European Awards, which is called the Lovey Awards, and it's like the European Webbies. Oh, wow. Because culturally there's like a huge – I would imagine there's a huge difference, just like there's different movie posters for the same movies yeah, between exactly. America and France. Exactly. That's so we judge in in every we judge in like eight languages, and um, you know the European people are really proud of being European as mm-hmm. well. So we we wanted to kind of like honor that work within its own setting. Right. That's fascinating. I'm sure there's a lot of similarities, but to quote Pulp Fiction, like, the funny thing about Europe is the little differences. Are there any kind of unique but similar differences between? American internet culture and, and European, 
like how they treat memes or anything yeah, like I that, mean, like any funny anecdotes. Across, exactly, like humor ac- across Europe is totally different from country to country. Mm-hmm. So that's that. That's also like one of the reasons that it works. That you know the Dutch people find their stuff funny, but the Brits might not necessarily find the Dutch stuff funny. At all, <laughs> it's judged by Dutch people. Right, right. But they still use the same format, right? Like they'll still use memes, I would imagine. Yes. And do they yes. communicate it with emojis the same way that Americans do? Yeah. Yeah, everybody's doing that's become like universal. That's a thing. That's funny. That might topple the Tower of Babel. That might be our kind of universal language. <laughs> it's heading that is, way. Isn't it? That's cool. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I never thought of it that way. Um, so every year you guys arrive at a theme by going through all of the entries and just also be your own insight. And this year's theme was AI, correct? Yeah. Yep. Were there any kind of honorable mentions? What almost was were some of the themes you know this year was the first year where you know because we talk about what we're going to come and bring to people on the tour for you know a good month back and forth everybody in the office has an opinion there's a lot of opinions in this office i bet um and this year was the very first year where we were like no this is it like ai is the conversation that this industry should be having at the moment Mm -hmm. so everybody agreed on it it was really weird whoa (laughs) was that a first yeah. So there was like no, there was no question about. No, it and, AI. and it's so fascinating. Like thinking about AI for three months is amazing. Yeah, delving into it, seeing what's going on, it's so interesting. Yeah, it's gonna be pretty fascinating. Yeah. as long as you know the robots don't take over. But I, I really, don't, I don't think they will. They might. Or they could. <laughs> I don't know. Have you seen? I think it's Boston Robotics. What Google's cooking up in those robot labs, yeah. those like robotic dogs that you can kick down a flight of stairs and it recovers and oh it still gosh. can, yeah, it's pretty nuts. Yeah, they're pretty, they're pretty wild. It's what horror movies are made of. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. I uh, got a couple just random questions yeah, for do you. It. Um, so, what apps are on your home, your phone's home screen? Oh my god, my phone's home screen is so boring. I have like all the huge. I well, okay. What are like? What are the surprising apps? What are the surprising? I mean, that's not default. I have. I should have my phone on here. Um, I have my yoga application, obviously. Oh yeah, you're big. Yeah, yeah. I heard Savasana is your favorite. I got. I actually got that joke. I used to do. I used to do yoga. yoga. I did. I keep meaning to get back into it. It's so good for you. It totally is. Yeah. I d- actually did Bikram for a while. Oh, did that you? That was murder. I do hot yoga as well. I, I, I prefer hot yoga yeah. instead of Bikram. Bikram is, it's like militant yoga. You kind of, you lose the meditative element of it. You use the calming element of it. Yeah, it's um, But you feel really good and just proud of yourself and it's you go through it. Sweat. Yeah. I don't care who you are. If, you, if you're sweating, doing anything, it feels more productive. I'll yeah. sit in a sauna for 10 minutes and feel like I accomplished something. Yeah. But the sweat helps. But yeah, like hot savas, not savasana. <laughs> hot, um, what am I? Vinyasa. Yeah, I do a hot vinyasa. Flight. I think it's awesome. Where do you go? I go to Modo Yoga. Okay. Yeah, there's one um, here in the city on sixth and tenth, and then there's one in Williamsburg as well. Uh, yeah, I keep meaning to pick it back up. When I did it, I, I used to do it like two or three times a week, and you, you, you it literally makes you taller. Start there. You got to do it again. Yeah. I'll, For I'll me, it makes it. me like feel really centered. Um, and I go in the morning so I can, I sort of like I meditate a little bit on work mm-hmm. and think about how we can be improving things or what we're, what else we can be doing here. Um, yeah, it's crazy how effective that is. And yeah, I mean, it really it's easy works. to make fun of people who, who say meditation is so important and it, it contributes to everything, but it's totally true. Like yeah. I, I do TM, I do transcendental meditation. Oh, do you? Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. That leads to crazy insights. So do you do it every day? I do it twice a day every day. Oh, my God. Yeah. If I don't, I feel the difference. I mean, it literally, in a completely non-spiritual context, it upgrades your brain and your cognition, and it makes you makes you so much more rational and in control of your emotions, and it's it's like Matrix-style thinking. It's So what do you do, like an hour in the morning and then? No, just 20 no, minutes. 20 minutes. 20 morning, minutes first 20 minutes. thing, and then 20 minutes later, later on. Sometimes it'll only be once, which is totally fine. But, uh, yeah, if I don't do it for like a, a week or so and then I do it again, I'll just have these just sharp insights. I'm like, yeah. Okay, this is why we do this. Yeah, it's like it's brain maintenance pretty much. Yeah, I Yeah, totally to swear it. by it. Yeah, I recommend it. It's very straightforward. And it's what a ton of people that I really admire do. It's like what yeah. Seinfeld does it, Russell yeah, Simmons does it, uh, Scorsese does it. So does Ray Dalio, multi-billionaire. I mean, it's good enough yeah. for those people. Have you ever done one of those group meditations in the city? Uh, you like thousands that of was, people together? Oh, no, no. What is that like? It's cool. I did it like probably around this time last year. I think around this time last year, everybody needed to meditate and try and connect with themselves. Um, so we did it at the top of the Freedom Tower. And there oh, was like wow. 1,400 people. And it was amazing. That's it was really, really cool. cool. It's, it was like nine o'clock at night, and we meditated for an hour, and then they had these beautiful like gospel singers. It oh, was that's really cool. But yeah. it's like a palpable kind of energy that you yeah. can feel. Yeah, it was amazing. And also the other thing is like you're you're up so high, kind of like looking at this city and thinking about how many people are in this city, how many humans are here. It's mm. amazing. It just kind of gets you thinking on a whole yeah. other level. Yeah. Oh, that's super cool. So yoga app. <laughs> so I have that. And then I have my Salesforce application. Um, oh, you guys use Salesforce. The opposite. Uh, <laughs> you got to balance it out, right? Yeah. I have all of my Google applications. Yeah. My cool. home screen is boring. I'm sorry. I don't have anything exciting. I think I probably have Mario. I love Mario. Oh, yeah. So I heard Mario that's all. Is... I haven't played it yet. I downloaded yeah. it. I got one of those fancy new iPad Pros that are amazing yeah you gotta play Mario's yeah. the best I keep meaning to get back into it yeah I heard it's good I heard it's like it's it's super modern but it's mm -hmm. also throwbacky at the same time yeah. kind of like Stranger Things but <laughs> yeah I gotta check that out um Beatles or Stones Oh, the Stones. Yeah, me yeah. too. So yeah. many people say Beatles. Why no, Stones? I don't know. It's more fun. Yeah, it's exactly how I feel about yeah. it. I mean, I acknowledge Beatles may have contributed to music history a little more, but I always prefer to hear the Stones. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Very cool. Definitely. Um, so what what would you tell brands who want to do the type of marketing that doesn't necessarily want to win awards but matters? How do you do marketing that matters? Well, I mean, I think you, it's that you have to be true to your brand, right? You have to, you have to. If you're gonna make work that matters, then you have to make work that is unique and true to your brand. Make work that resonates with people. Make work that people wanna wanna either consume or use. Make work that makes people's life easier. Awesome. So where can people find you if they wanna follow you? Twitter, uh, Instagram. I'm Claire What's Graves. I'm Claire Graves on everything. Okay. Cool. Awesome. Claire, this was a lot of fun. Thank it's you. Good. Thanks, Nick.